Hello, and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. And our guest today is Sonia Price. We have a juicy topic about making more money, upgrading your career, negotiating salary. So this is a great episode. And then we're early in the year. There's a recession going on. So people have been a little nervous about asking for promotions, but we're going to talk about how to do that these days with Sonia. I want to mention our sponsor, the Practical Guide to Effective Communication by yours truly. It's a get recognized for the value you already contribute. My favorite chapter is choose your mindset. It's really all about choosing a mindset that gets the job done. That will also help you to show up in the best way possible. Another chapter is about emotions and how to manage your emotions and get the right emotional tone. So I encourage you to get copies for everybody on your team. Again, it's the Practical Guide to Effective Communication. Get recognized for the value you already contribute, and it's on Amazon. So I just want to mention one reminder about negotiating. Um, You always want to come prepared. You always want to think win-win. And what you don't ask for, you never get. So you must always ask. Ask for a little bit more. Don't be afraid. People like to give you things. People like to be generous. And of course, well, not everybody does. But I want you to think about, as you're listening to this, about what are the things that you can ask for. Uh, If you have an upcoming job interview, this is going to be very helpful. But even if you don't, you can think about, you know, am I getting properly compensated for the work that I'm doing, for the value that I contribute? So we're going to hear all kinds of great ideas from our guest, Sonia Price. So Sonia, I want, wait, before I let her talk, I want you to know that she does several things all around the same theme, which is of career advancement. She's a career strategist. She's a salary advisor. So everybody who's wondering, am I being compensated properly? Probably Sonia has something to say about that. And she's a leadership mentor. So welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast, Sonia. And tell us a little bit, how did you become this career dynamo? (laughs) Thank you, Laura. It's such an, an honor and a pleasure to be on your show here today. Well, let's see. How did I get my start as a career strategist and a leadership mentor? I mean, it really came... Initially, it came from my own career background and experience and just having traveled a very interesting road in my career. You know, I've done a number of different things. I've reinvented my career over, you know, a very long period of time. And I have found that, you know, when you want to do something different or you want to get promoted into a higher level leadership role, it often requires something very different to know how to promote and position yourself so that you can get recognized and seen in the way that you need to be seen. So I learned that first and foremost through my own journey and have made some pretty big leaps and jumps in my own career in terms of title and scope and responsibility and also compensation. And then I started, you know, people started asking me for help because they saw how quickly I was making advancements in my career and started asking like, hey, how did you do that? How did you get promoted? What did you do to move into a totally new area of the business or start focusing on a different type of technology? Like how exactly did you accomplish that? And can you show me how to do the same thing? 
Absolutely. So. Well, that sounds like you walk the walk and <laughs> that you don't just talk about it. So that's excellent. I think they talk about people research the things that they most need to learn. And so that was uh, your case. So tell us some, some examples of the kinds of conundrums that people bring to you, the situations, because I'm sure this audience of very attractive, super smart high performers, I think they will mm. relate to them. I think that would be helpful. So give us some. Yeah. Well, I definitely work with a lot of people in the tech industry. So mm. I'm very familiar with a lot of the top tier tech companies and how they typically work with their employees. You know, as an example of that, a, you know, a common challenge or concern that I hear from a lot of my clients is, let's say they're working for an organization like Amazon. Mm-hmm. And when they initially got hired, they were actually downleveled. And then they didn't find out about it until after they had already been working in the organization for quite some time. And they're trying to get their promotion to the Mm -hmm. next level. And sometimes it's incredibly challenging to do that once you're internal to an organization. And then sometimes that can, you know, that can take a pretty big hit to one's ego when you find out that you actually should have been hired in at a higher level, but then you are down level during the hiring process And now it's taking years to get yourself worked back up to the same level and the same position and title of where you should have been to begin with. So that's a pretty common complaint or concern with the folks who come to me and who I work with. Also, I usually help people either get promoted internally within their, Mm -hmm. with their same organization. I help show them how to do that Mm -hmm. or to go find a new job with a new organization where they can come in at the right level and title and compensation is also a very big part of this conversation as well, where maybe people may may find out, you know, maybe they've been working for an organization for a period of time, and then it comes to their awareness that they have fallen behind in terms of the market rate pay, because usually new employee hires, you know, the the new the new hire rate usually outpaces the cost of living increases that standard employees get year over year over year. So for folks who want to keep keep up to date with inflation and the rising costs that are happening in the world right now, or you just, I mean, really, you want to make sure that you're being paid the market rate, no matter mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. So, you know, we oftentimes talk about compensation and finding more fulfilling work, you know, finding organizations that are more in alignment with professional values you know, professional and personal values. And then also, of course, work-life balance. That typically is a big, a big concern or complaint as well. And yes, that's, those are very interesting and very relevant. And certainly what happened with, you know, how the economy was just so on fire for a while and especially in the tech world, but that also had a ripple effect. Salaries went up and it was, um, frustrating for people who had been in the company, faithful, high performers, see these younger, less experienced people hired sometimes for the same comparable levels of compensation. And it uh, kind of threw things out of whack. Do you think that the economy right now which we're as we're entering 2023 is this, you know, things are not the same as they were an hour, hour, I mean, hour, a, a year ago, uh, or a year and a half ago, or an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, how are salaries? Are they stagnant? Are they going up still? Like, what's give us since you're working this, like, what is the lay of the land salary wise? Yeah, the job market is still quite strong right mm-hmm. now. 
we've seen a number of things happen. You know, the pandemic hit and Mm -hmm. a lot of tech companies went through a huge growth cycle during the pandemic. Not every industry did, but the tech industry did. And so, you know, the job market was actually quite strong through the through the pandemic. And then we kind of leveled out for a little bit and then started hiring again. And then now that we're experiencing a downturn in the economy, which is definitely not a recession yet, in my opinion, a little bit of a downturn. You know, we've had these interest, the interest rates have risen, but I don't think that it's going to impact us as much as we might think. There are some layoffs happening in the tech industry. And I think that, you know, big top tier tech companies are using this as an opportunity to kind of clean house a bit and, you know, remove the lower performers But I think, you know, as we're moving into 2023, I think we're going to still continue to see a very strong job market. We actually have almost historically low unemployment rate right now, contrary to what popular news channels might want us to think. Mm -hmm. And I think we're still going to see a very strong job economy. And I think that the pay rate will continue to be the same as well. Um, Good. That is great news. Yeah, it's great. I mean, for a raise right now. (laughs) there's still Mm -hmm. a very big demand for specialized workers you know like highly skilled workers high talent Mm -hmm. software development engineers program managers project managers Mm -hmm. anything having to do with ai or ml artificial intelligence or machine learning cybersecurity, anything in those spaces i think is going to continue to do quite well you know and even if if you're listening to the show right now and you don't have those exact skill set you know, not to fear, not to worry. There's plenty of technology positions that I think will still continue to, you know, grow and accelerate. There are some areas that are not seeing growth, Mm -hmm. but I still think that there's plenty of opportunity out there. You just have to figure out where is the opportunity and then how do you position yourself accordingly to be seen as top top talent for those specific open positions? Mm -hmm. So if I'm, you know, um, marketing manager or a, a senior accountant, let's say, let's say I'm not a program product manager. I'm just, I work mm-hmm. for a finance company. How do I know if I'm being fairly compensated or not? Yeah, there's certainly lots of research tools out there that are available. You can start with online research. The best source of truth is always going to be if you're interviewing with particular organizations and you hear what the actual pay range is for that particular role. But as a starting point, you can use sites like Glassdoor, Payscale, Salary.com. There's also some sites that are very specifically focused on the tech industry that are set up a little bit differently. It's a little bit more like a forum, but you can go to, it's called Team Blind. I think it's Team Blind. Team, yeah, Team Blind. If you look that up online, you'll find it. There's also an app you can download on the phone. And then there's also another really wonderful resource called levels.fyi. And that can help you understand, you know, what the levels and titles should be within the top tech organizations. And sometimes they'll sh- they'll tell you what the pay ranges should be for that as well. So what I usually recommend is start doing some online research and don't just use one data point. Look across multiple different resources and start, you know, do that data gathering and start to identify what makes the most sense of what you're seeing across multiple different data points. And also make sure that you're looking at a very specific organization level because some companies are just going to pay better than others. You know, they have higher, you know, higher revenue, 
better performing stock, they're just going to be able to pay better than, you know, the the next technology that isn't performing as great in the marketplace. Okay, that is so helpful. And so in case you didn't catch that, listener, Team Blind is one resource and Levels.fyi. I think that's so useful to have this specific place to go because you can just, you know, be pretty happy with your job. And then you hear about, you know, the like I, I know that I being in, on the East Coast, sometimes I hear about these California salaries and I think, Wow, maybe I'm not being <laughs> compensated fairly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. And, and you know what? You bring up a great point, Laura. You also need to make sure you're you're really targeted on your geographic area as well, because you know companies are going to pay based on what they know that the market rate is for that specific geographic location. And that's starting to get to be a really interesting conversation because now we have much more remote roles. I was just going to ask you about that. Yeah. So tell me, what are you seeing there? Okay. So what I usually recommend is for candidates to look at look at your geographic area and see what your, your title and your level is getting paid in your geographic area. But then also you need to pay particular attention to the hiring company and where are they located? Where are they headquartered? And, you know, where is the vast majority of their workforce located, right? If they're headquartered in Seattle or San Francisco or New York or whatnot, right, that they're they're likely going to be used to paying higher salary ranges. They're still going to take into consideration that, you know, you live in wherever you live. And so they're probably going to index on your geographic location, even if you're remote, because they know that you have a certain cost of living standard that you need to meet in your location. But you're going to kind of try to merge those things together. So think about where are you located? Where is the company headquartered? Where do they have people located throughout the country or potentially throughout the world? And you know, look to see, you can actually on Glassdoor, you can look up by location. And so you can start to see, okay, let's say it's a program manager. Mm -hmm. Go to look at that specific organization and say, how much do they pay a program manager in the Bay Area? And how much do they pay a program manager in the Atlanta area Mm -hmm. or wherever Mm -hmm. you might be Mm -hmm. located Mm -hmm. and see what the differences are. And then, you know, start to create your own conclusion around what you think that your pay range should be. And then when you get on the call with them for an interview, Mm -hmm. that first initial screening interview, they're usually going to ask you, what are your pay requirements? And you actually want to ask back to them, well, what is the pay range that you have allocated for this role? And then you can find out, you know, what have they determined is the equitable pay for this particular position for the location that they're hiring in? Yeah, that's so, I'm writing this down, that what what to say when they ask you, so what's your price? What do you want to make? (laughs) Yes, that's, it's a, it's a, like a, it's a game or a dance, but not everybody knows that you can't, you know, the, the first person to speak about the numbers is that the, has the weaker negotiator, right? So that you is, that is very true. Speak. And a lot of people will pigeonhole themselves if like, depending upon how they answer that question, you can very quickly and easily pigeonhole yourself. So the best way to approach that is when you're on that first initial screening call and they ask you, hey, what are your salary requirements? Instead of immediately answering, you want to ask them, I usually say something like this. Well, you know, I actually don't know enough about the scope and the complexity of this particular position yet. 
Can you please tell me what range you have budgeted for this role? Ooh, wow. That is like a million dollar tip there, Sonia. Thank you. <laughs> yes. How to talk about salary on the first screening call. That's when... Mm-hmm. That is so good to know the ballpark, right? Like what ballpark are we playing in? So you ask Mm -hmm. them, what is the budget? What's the ballpark you have budgeted and take it from there, right? Right. Because ultimately they already know what they're, what they're willing to pay for this position. Why shouldn't they just tell you that up front? Like, why are they asking you to be the one to determine your own worth? Right. Cause uh, right. I mean, you ask me, what are my salary requirements? Great. I want 3 million a year, you know, yes. I, mean, <laughs> like, I know, I know. And then it's like, if you put a number that's too high, well, they use that against you. Yeah. And then if you put a number that's too low, then they, they can also use it against you either by yep. underpaying you or not hiring you. Absolutely. You, you can, yourself. yeah, you can disqualify yourself with that question alone. Wow. This is so interesting and so helpful. It's not so much. See, I, I don't ever, I mean, I help people negotiate, but I'm always working within a specific salary context. Mm-hmm. But if, I, if you were to say, you know, well, how much do communication coaches make? Like, I have no idea so, how much they make in San Francisco. So I would go, now I'm going to go to levels, FYI. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, there's place because all the data that we're drowning in is just, but you got to know where to find it, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's afraid to ask. They're afraid to ask their boss. They're afraid to ask HR. Their coworkers. Colleagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. So mm-hmm. This is great information. So, Sonia, what what is the process of upgrading your let's your career? Let's say you've been in a position, senior manager, three and a half years, a director, three and a half years. And I know that some companies promote more slowly than others. But mm-hmm. what what's you're the expert here? Lay it on us. Yeah, what, yeah. How can we all upgrade? <laughs> yeah, we. I think it's a smart idea to always be thinking about, okay, what, what is the next level? What is the next title? What's the next, what's the next position? What's the next thing for you? Um, And what is the required skill set to be successful at that level? Um, And, or what results may you have already needed to produce to be considered for that next level? So, you know, we can use that example of, you're a senior manager, you want to become a director, or you're a director and you want to become a VP. Well, you know, are you clear on what they're looking for at that next level? And how are you already performing at that level? So most organizations have um, something, you know, they call it different things depending upon the organization. I just like to call it a role guide. Um, and in that role guide, <clears throat> it should describe what are the different levels and titles inside the organization? And then what are the skills and responsibilities and the results that that, that an individual needs to be producing to be um, qualified for that particular level? So if you're looking to get promoted internally, you need to know what that role guide looks like for your organization. And then you need to be assessing yourself and evaluating Am I already performing at that level? Do I have that skill set? Do I meet those objectives? You know, and where am I falling short? And what can I do to close the gap? Mm -hmm. Um, And then you want to kind of start to treat it like a project. So, you know, develop a project plan for your own career and utilize this as an opportunity to have conversations with your manager 
um, and other relevant people inside the organization. You need to know who are all the key decision makers who will be a part of helping you get promoted. So there's key decision makers, there's key influencers, and you know it's not just your manager that's going to be a part of this decision making process. Usually, your manager is a key component of that, mm-hmm. but they're go- you know the ultimate um, you know they'll need a- they need approvals that will be much higher up than that as well, and they may consult with other people to see you know, how, how do other people in the organization like working with you and what results have they seen you produce and would they recommend you for a promotion? Um, so you kind of want to, you know, develop a strategy and a very specific plan and then treat it like a project plan and manage it until you have achieved the goals and objectives of what you desire. So if you need um, to gain a new skill set, then how can you get yourself assigned to the right type of project that will allow you to grow and build that skill set and produce the results needed to, mm-hmm. you know, move up to that next level. And here's something that I've learned over time. You know, early on in my career, I thought, oh, I should just get promoted because I'm a hard worker. I do good work. I have great relationships with the people around me you know, oh gosh, I'm doing everything right. They should just automatically give me an opportunity. Unfortunately, that's not usually how it works. The promotions usually go to the people who are already performing at the level of whatever level you're trying to go towards. Um, And so you need to be aware of what that is. You need to already be performing at that level. And this is also a very important component of it. Who knows about you performing at that level? So yes, that's the visibility. Like, how do you do that? How can yeah. if you're just, you know, working so hard and delivering and let's say I'm a, I am, I'll say I'm a senior manager, definitely working, doing a lot of things that directors do, but mm-hmm. I feel like I don't have enough people to vouch for me uh-huh. because I'm so busy working all the time. Right. Yeah. So yeah. What, what is the visibility piece? So you want to, you know, you, I, I often recommend like, build out a network map for yourself. You know, if you're, if you're internal, you probably have access to a company org chart, or you, you can quickly build it on your own because you, mm-hmm. you should know who are all the key players. <laughs> right. And, um, and then you want to start to identify, okay, well, who are the key decision makers and who are the key influencers? Mm-hmm. And then what does your relationship look like with each of those individuals? And are there things that you need to be doing to proactively manage that relationship. Um, You want to make sure that you're getting exposure for the projects that you're working on, the results that you have. You want to make sure that all of these key individuals know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that might mean that you need to proactively go out and build those relationships so that it's a natural and easy thing for you to share your results. Um, Or sometimes you need to ask for a seat at the table. If you know that there's certain meetings happening where these types of projects typically get discussed, then maybe you ask for an invitation to come along and be a part of that meeting. Um, You know, even if you're not on the docket to be a key, a presenter at that Mm -hmm. meeting, just being in the room can help, Um, you know, can help you be more easily recognized. Or when you have an opportunity to speak up and contribute something meaningful, you know, you want to be known as somebody who um, contributes meaningful and relevant information. Um, Or maybe there might be a point in time that it would make sense for you to present 
some of the findings of the projects that you've been working on. Um, so you need all these people to know what are the results that you're producing? What level are you performing at? You know, are you a strategic thinker? And are you are you bringing that level of strategy to the meetings and the projects that you're a part of? And are you a part of the right things that's going to get you the, mm-hmm. that exposure that you ultimately need? Right. And and if you have a good boss, that, that person usually will be helping you with that, but not always, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it, so, yeah. So I think you always start with your boss to try to build those external to your team relationships yep. and they get that visibility. But some bosses are better than others. And <laughs> I always say you're, in your career, you're going to have a few really good bosses and a few really bad ones. Yeah. They're going to be in the middle. And so, it's, yeah. Um, well, I'm sure you've heard the phrase manage your manager. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So you want to be thinking about this, you know, how how can you help manage what your manager does for you? Exactly. Um, you know, and are are they a natural leader? You know, mm-hmm. are they a natural people developer? Right. And like, um, and you probably know a lot of this, Laura, and the work that you do is mm-hmm. like there's different types of leaders and different strengths of different types of leaders. So even if you do a, a bit of an evaluation on your own manager or other leaders in the organization is like, what are their strong points and, you know, where might they might be helpful for them to develop a little bit more. And, you know, are they someone who's helping you build and grow your career? And if they're not, then how can you actually help them do help that you. more? Right in an effective way that's going to help you get what you need to um, accelerate your career success as well. Exactly. I call it leveraging your manager. It's a little bit more transactional. I'm trying to move away from, you know, being transactional, but you do need to leverage your boss because you're there to deliver results and make your boss look good. And your boss is there to help you grow. Yeah get ready for that next promotion. I like that terminology, leverage, leverage your manager that, Mm -hmm. that, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> more a, but, a more positive tone to it. I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. Well, this is so interesting, and you're giving a lot of really specific tips. And and you're right. If you work in a company, you should know who who knows who and who make who's listening to whom. Who were those influencers? Who were those decision makers? And find reasons to talk to them, to get in front of them. And it does mean stepping out of your comfort zone sometimes and making that, you know, a little bit of a presentation or just attending, asking a good question. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, just asking for, you know, one-on-one time. I think that, you know, most companies have skip meetings as as one Mm -hmm. example of that. Not every company has it. You can ask for it. Yeah. You just say, you know, you want to include your boss. You don't want to go around your boss, but definitely if you haven't had a skip meeting this year so far, you need to ask for that because, Mm -hmm. and it's all, and also when you meet with other people, you have to see that in the, in an organization, if you meet with say a peer of your boss or, you know, a, a person of higher up in the hierarchy, Yes, you're they're doing you a service to give you some of their time, but you're also giving them you at least you have the opportunity to give them insight about what's going on where you are in the organization because mm-hmm. they can't they don't know exactly what you're doing, how you're seeing things, what opportunities mm-hmm. are you seeing. So you always mm-hmm. want to look for a way to make it a win-win, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, something else that I might add to that is just, you know, be very aware of the perception that you're building about yourself through those conversations. Because sometimes it's easy. You think, oh, I have an opportunity to talk to my boss's boss. Mm -hmm. I want them to know about what's happening here. And then sometimes the conversation could go more towards complaining about what's not oh, working. Great right. Point. So you, you don't yes. want to be perceived as a complainer. Nope. If you bring up a challenge inside the organization, I always recommend having like recommend a solution at the right. same time. Um, do you want to be perceived as somebody who can identify challenges, but can also present the, you know, present and recommend a solution and maybe even present it in such a way that gives you an opportunity to go out and solve that because then you, then you're a problem solver. Then you're somebody who's like, Ooh, I like meeting with this person. They, they have a good understanding of what's happening in the organization and they're making improvements. They don't just come to me and say, we have a problem, do something. Right. About this. Right. <laughs> right. That's a great point because yes, it it's, it's easy to point out problems. The hard part mm-hmm. is solving them. But another mistake people make with skip, skip meetings is to think that the, you know, the higher up person is going to completely drive the meeting, which they will, but that's not mm-hmm. necessarily to your advantage. And that's like, as you mentioned, not showing the image, it's not showing your strengths. I mean, they, they'll, they can spend the 20 minutes, 30 minutes telling you, you know, whatever's on their mind, what they had for breakfast, but that's not <laughs> the time effectively to right. showcase, you know, yeah. your skills. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, uh, it's a great point. Yeah, so- and oftentimes I think um just to add on to that a little bit is that we don't we don't always know what's happening at the higher levels. Right. You know, right. and the higher level that you go, the more strategic that the position mm-hmm. becomes. And so, you know, the less in the details that they're going to be. And you may come to them with a challenge and you may think that they already know everything about it and they're like, Hey, that's like one of 50 things that's on my plate right now. <laughs> right. And we really need to be aware of that because for you, it might be like the biggest thing and it's a huge source of stress and, you know, it really challenges you and your team members. And it's like this really big, huge, gigantic thing. And then they're managing 50 other, 50 other problems that have the same level of um, intensity, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. And you want to remain calm and cool and collected and, you know, not let emotion get in the way either, which is sometimes very challenging to do in organizational life. Yes, it is. And and especially if you're intimidated, which is natural that mm-hmm. you're intimidated if you're meeting with somebody that you don't yeah. know and does right. have a lot of power and you don't yeah. or has right. more power than you. So it's, but, it, but that's how we grow, right? That's why, that's how we, uh, of course, our comfort and just yeah. feel the fear and, and yeah. take the risk, go for it. You learn, you know, you learn, um, you build more confidence. You know, yep. every time you have an opportunity to present at a higher level, you're going to gain more confidence and, I think it also takes away a lot of the the scariness of it too, right? Of like, oh, if you're really nervous about speaking to somebody at a, a much higher level, then do it, and you realize, you know, yeah, they they do they do have a lot of clout, they have a lot of power, but they're also just a human being too. So. Right, right, right. That's so so interesting. Gosh, um, we're learning so many great tips about managing your career. I think what Sonia is, I mean, like the overall theme is that it's up to you. You cannot be passive about it. You cannot, like she said, and like I've said, 
you know, just because you do a great job and everybody likes you, I mean, that's just the table stakes. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. you know, that that's why I got into what I do because I did also think that it, I think when people are good students and they get multiple degrees and they get so trained into like turning in the paper, and that's mm-hmm. really good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. really good on time and there's an extra bonus and, and I'm likable that that should be it. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think you have to like market yourself. Um, are, are you expecting what, what is your take on hybrid versus return to office work for uh, 2023? Oh boy. Well, um, there's definitely a demand for remote work. You know, during the pandemic, we all worked from home and most people that I talk to love it and do not want to go back into the office. And I know that's a challenge for a lot of employers because they have these really expensive office places that they've been maintaining this whole time, or maybe they've gotten rid of some of it or all of it. Um, But yes, there's definitely an interesting dynamic around that. Um, I think remote is here to stay. Um, I'm seeing a lot of hybrid roles, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, come into the office two or three days a week and then work from home Mm -hmm. two or three days a week. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that that is probably, you know, I I see that as the standard, um, Mm -hmm. these days, either all remote or hybrid, um, very few roles are like completely, you know, hundred percent in person. And if so, there's usually a reason for that, um, you know, manufacturing, Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. I think it's, I think remote and hybrid is here to stay and, you know, we're going to need to continue to, um, you know, develop new standards and, and different processes around how can we, um, you know, how can we work together even more effectively, right? Like we know that the productivity has gone up a lot with people being at home, but people are also much more burnt out now than they ever have been. So So true. We need to find, you know, better work-life balance and we need to, we need to make it okay. We need to normalize it and have companies actually help normalize it that, okay, these are, you know, these are the working hours or like you put in your time for today, shut down, turn off, go spend time with your family. Um, And I think that's going to be, I think that will continue to be a challenge for us um, as a society is how do we learn to manage um, our own work-life balance more effectively and prevent the burnout from happening or find ways to overcome the burnout when it does happen. Exactly. It's so, so true. And, you know, you have, I tell people, you're the goose that lays the golden eggs. If you don't take care of yourself, those golden eggs are going to stop coming. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and and, you know, you just don't work well when you're overtired, you you know, the (laughs) things that make you good, have to be taken care of and that in, mm-hmm. you have to recharge those batteries. So I have some rapid fire questions that to be, to get to know you, Sonia, the person a little bit, but before I get into that, to wrap this up, is there anything else you would like to tell this audience of very attractive high performers who sometimes feel overlooked or they're not sure, you know, what, what would be, if, if your phone's not ringing, you know, with job Mm -hmm. offers, you know, do you have anything, anything else you want to say from your vast experience? Yeah. Um, you know, I would just say, get really clear on what are your career goals. I think it's oftentimes really easy to just kind of 
go from job to job and just kind of accept the next thing that comes along. And you'll probably be successful no matter where you go and what you do. But is it in alignment with what you want to be doing? Um, This is what I find with, you know, very smart, high performing talent is that, you know, they probably will be successful, but then it's like, you know, there's such high demand for them. And then they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, but am I actually doing fulfilling work? And, um, you know, so getting really clear on your goals and objectives and then going after it, you know, Mm -hmm. take the initiative and go after it and find what you want and what works for you because you really do only live once. Right. And I think when, you know, your whole career is all said and done, will you look back on it and say, yes, I'm proud of the impact that I made. Um, you know, what, what, you know, I, a question that I oftentimes ask myself and I encourage my clients to ask themselves as well is what would your, if you're looking, you're 80 years old and you're looking back on your life, you know, is your 80 year old self proud of who you are and what you accomplished? Um, you know, and then bringing yourself back into current time, are you, are you taking the actions to help bring that about in a way that when you do, you know, get further on in your life that you can say, yeah, I made a meaningful impact um, because we're all, we're all very smart people. Some of us are much smarter than others. And it's, are you using your brain power for the things that you want to be actively involved in? Exactly. That's a great exercise that, uh, yeah, that AD may seem very far away to some of you less far away to others of us. <laughs> but, you know, God willing, we all get there and you and you do want to be proud of the of the work that you've done and, and the way yeah. you get your time. So this is great uh, exercise there. Not, thank you for that. So I'm going to ask you some quick uh, rapid fire questions. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Where did you go on your last vacation? My last vacation was to Turkey. How was yeah. that? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was a little, a little bit of um, culture and a little bit of relaxation and fun. So um was on at a resort on the Mediterranean. Absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. The food was amazing. And then also went to Istanbul and saw all the historical sites and, uh, you know, learned more about learn more about the world and culture yes. and society. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Istanbul. Wasn't that, didn't that used to be Constantinople? Yes. Yep. Constantinople. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a very, is, you know, it was a big, it was like the New York back in the, you yeah. know, after the fall of the Roman empire, I believe. Yeah. So very cool. What's your favorite dessert? Oh, uh, probably molten chocolate lava molten lava chocolate cake, cake. That, delicious that's my even step- better with a little bit of ice cream yes mm-hmm. my stepdaughter's favorite what is your favorite store my favorite store oh boy uh <laughs> um i don't know i guess i would say nordstrom um okay. i guess it depends on what i'm shopping for but I I have um I have a lot of respect for Nordstrom. I think they have a great a great culture and work environment. Um, and I mean they've got a great product, right? Yes, and I know they they're do. hurt. I feel like they're really hurting these days, but um, I feel good when I shop there because I feel like I'm supporting an organization that you know treats their employees well and and um, has excellent customer service. Yes, I agree. And did you know that it was started by four brothers? Yeah, I didn't know that. I actually coached someone who worked there, and um, 
as I learned, I thought that was so cool to imagine four brothers, you know, starting a company, probably, I guess it was their dad's store or something, but I think that was, I think that's cool. What kind yeah. of music do you like to listen to? Oh my gosh. I listen to all kinds of music. Um, I have a Spotify membership and they told me that, um, at the end of the year, they come out with a report and they say like, what was mm-hmm. your most listened to song and artist and, um, pink is my oh, most listened to artist. Okay. Okay. Very <laughs> cool. How, how would you describe your personal style? My personal style. I think about this a lot for, um, my business yes. and you know, what's the brand of my business. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it's like, um, an intelligent rebel. <laughs> oh, I like that. Intelligent rebel. Okay. I tend to be someone who like learns the rules and then breaks them just a little bit, you know, like yeah, figure good. out, you know, how can, you know, that, n- nothing that would harm anybody, but also just, oh, to, yeah. <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you make the system work for you? So to say, yeah, I love that. Were you afraid of anything as a child? I was afraid of fireworks. Oh, were you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All righty. And do you collect anything? Um, I try not to. <laughs> Good. No I try clutter. not to, but I would say that I probably have a fair amount of um, like little rocks and crystals and, um, you know, I, I like crystals and different things that have different energy properties and I have them sitting around my house. Okay, excellent. Well, this has been so interesting. I appreciate your being so generous to share specific tools and approaches and questions and frameworks and ways of thinking about upgrading our careers. Um, How can people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn. Just look at my name, Sonia Price, S-O-N-J-A. P-R-I-C-E. Um, you can also go to my website, which is dynamocareers.com, D-Y-N-A-M-O, and then careers.com. Um, I also would love to share, if I may, um, I have a Dynamo salary calculator. So we Ooh, were talking yes, about- Bring it on, bring it on, <laughs> I love that. We were talking about getting a raise earlier and what this calculator does is you can input how much money you're making now, how much money you would like to be making. Um, And then the calculator will identify, you know, what's the delta between those two. And if you, you know, so if you got a new job making more money or you got a raise making more money, and then how many more years do you have before retirement? It'll actually showcase what's the accumulative effect. So if you were to make, if you got a job making $50,000 more per year, which is very common for, Mm -hmm. you know, the clients that I work with, Um, I've helped people make even up to $100,000 more per year. So let's say you're making $100,000 and you go to making $200,000 per year. You know, 20 years from now, it's not going to be $100,000 more per year. It's probably going to be more like $120,000 more per year because you, because of that accumulative effect of the annual, um, you know, when you get a cost of living increase or you get a raise or whatnot. So it's a very cool tool and you can find it at dynamocareers.com forward slash calculator. All right. Well, that is sounds fabulous. And I'll be recommending that to some of my clients too, that I know would be, uh, that could, you know, as I don't know the technical career salary part, I just know, just ask for more, 
more, more. <laughs> yeah, but I want some more. That's the way. That's the the fast track way to negotiate. Just ask for more. This has been delightful. Thank you so much. You've been very generous, helpful. And I know that our audience is hanging on every word. You're probably going to want to listen to this one twice. Have a great day. And I'll talk to everyone on the next episode.